So that wicked rotation that we were talking about yesterday is just begetting. They're getting out of the mega cap tax big time. We're going to talk about metaverse going to be in double digits. Intel spins off Mobileye. And you know what, Dennis and I get? Nothing. We got stocks going in opposite directions. This is a bizarro market, and we're going to talk about it. Mitch, roll the intro. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, a lot of earnings, but let's get to the S&Ps for what good they are. They're down four and a quarter at 36.75, just hovering above that low from yesterday. It's being defended even with Meta down almost 23%. Dollars perking up a little bit. That's up 33 cents, 109.89. TLT flat at 96.53. Uh, crude working its way back toward 90. Uh, it's up 76 cents at 88.68. Gold down 310. Nothing much going on there. 16.66. Silver down a dime. These these currents or these uh, metals aren't moving. Bitcoin taking a breather after a nice rally down 135 at 20,655. And Ethereum futures they're down 1650 at 1545. So. Triple D, I mean, I guess we got to start with uh, with Meta, down 30%, going to double digits. I probably already traded double digits. I haven't looked at the pre-market here. Is there a bottom in this thing, or is this just a value trap of value traps? Well, first thing, I'll jump in here, and it looks like uh, Dennis is a little busy. He'll be in here in a there. second. There, there he is. There he is. Let's get that top left shirt. Let's see that shirt, Joel, because oh, we don't see yeah, an intraday. That's a 24 I don't hour see a pre-market. Well, pre-market prep, we got to see pre-market charts. So I don't know. It looks <laughs> like it's at 129. I was like, wow, Meta really rallied. Man, here. that was I a gap. What a rally. <laughs> who took it up? If yeah. you, Who took it up to 140 and change? The algos. The, the algos. algos. They're just stupid. People who think you can't beat algos, man, you can beat them. Man. You can beat them pretty hard. The news oh, algos is a lot of dumb ones. A lot of dumb money running algos now. So there's some really smart ones. Your high-frequency ones are all really smart. Those news algos, buying that on Meta, dumb, dumb, dumb money. 141 or 142, they take it to the, on the initial print. They're immediately down. That, that came down within about 30 seconds. Starts going red. There was no hope for that news algo to get out. Just buried. Lost probably... You know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe millions of dollars on that on that trade. Not joking. Whoever was running that algo, thinking that was going up. But Unless you know, look at look at it now. Algo. Dust think settling. They, like, bid it up to take it down. Mm. No, they don't bid it up to take it down. Do you know how much stock they bought up there, Joel? Look how much lot. stock was in that bracket. They literally run. So I know that, and, and it's impressive to be out. They're reading the numbers. 
They're reading the headlines. Mitch, give us the headlines. You know, let's explain this a little bit here. So I can't go in the pro. It wasn't working for me. Hopefully, um, they, they, they got it back up here now. So if your pro is not working, I think they got it working here now. Um, it was a couple issues this morning. But, um, yeah, bring it back up. I'm trying to get in the pro here too right now. Yeah, my pro is back. Meta so bring platform, it up, Mitch. Class A, common stock, Q3 EPS at $1.64, missing $1.91 estimate sales at $27.71 billion, beating the $27.53 billion estimate. Uh, Meta says in the third quarter of 2022, ad impressions delivered across our family of apps increased 17% year over year, and the average price per ad decreased by 18% year over year. So give us those top and bottom line numbers here once again, because the algos read that top and bottom line numbers. Is somebody running it? It's a, it's dumb if it's only reading that, but mm -hmm. I'm telling you, there's somebody just running those top and bottom line numbers. It was a miss on the EPS, $1.64, missing the $1.91 estimate. Sales at $27.71 billion, beating the $27.53 billion yeah. estimate. So sales beat uh APS missed but I don't know if that's really is that really the way the algos work because there's sometimes where it's a beat and a beat and then the the stocks go down so I just saw an expectation see we we have no way to know and to, mm -hmm. believe me there's not just one news algo running out there there's a bunch of them so we, you, you don't know how they're programmed you can kind of guess I'm sure there's some simplistic ones that say beat beat buy I'm mm -hmm. sure there's some more complicated one that have expectations in there. Well, the stock's been trending down, so we're not going to just do a beat, beat, buy. I'm sure there's all a bunch. But whatever news algo was running there last night and buying on that print was there's dumb. a lot of volume. Dumb money. A lot of volume, Joel. A lot of yes, volume. I see they it. lost yep. a lot of money. Probably lost millions of dollars. It's probably, a, it's probably a, you know, a good estimate that they lost millions of dollars. Whoever bought that at 135, 136, 137. They bought a pile of stock up there. It traded up there for about 20, 30 seconds, and then she just tanked. And obviously, you know, guidance, you know, conference call didn't help, but it's continued to leak. This story is just a mess. We've been absolutely right on this story. I bought the stock back i think it was what it was six months ago not even i think i bought bought it back i was up in it for a while about like 160 in that the summertime and it actually went to 180 and then you know it just started leaking leaking i was like i'm not gonna let this winner become a loser and i ended up selling like one i can see the day i actually sold i think it was that september when we had that rally from 160 to 170 joel okay and i was like i got like half the gain back because i bought it 160 went to 180 then it came back to 160 and i'm like I just don't have a good feeling about this. It's been down here too long. I think I was talking about that on the show. It's just, and you talked about it too. We just hung out 160 too for long. too long. Yep. And then we got the little rally. And I was like, you know what? I'm getting out of this. I think it's still like 166. I, I did actually make a little bit of money on it. But, um, and this was in the long-term portfolio. But I just didn't like that, you know, the 160. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, man, the TikTok. I'm seeing what's happening with Snapchat. I'm like, their businesses are just, you know, in trouble, the core businesses. And this metaverse dream is a long ways out. I'm like, I'm not sticking around just because, you know, it's trading 14 or 15 times earnings here. There's lots of stocks trading 14 or 15 times earnings whose core businesses aren't under attack. So obviously it's been straight down since then. So I got out in time. Um, we're $99 here now. I tweeted last night was one when it was 115. I said the road to 99.99. It was a very short road because I did not <laughs> expect it to get it today. But it's, it's now sub 100. It is can be officially called the biggest value trap on the street. I mean, everybody, it seems like on CNBC has bought the stock. There is some value here. This is not a zero. 
I will say that meta is not a zero. There is some value here. The core of businesses are under attack, though. I don't know how you value it when, you know, I've, what I've seen happen to Snapchat, I'm seeing, you know, the TikTok. Somebody was saying they're on Instagram all last night, but they were just watching TikTok videos on Instagram. I go on to that Facebook over the weekend, which I was talking about on my trip to Montreal for the first time in forever. And I'm just bombarded with ads. I'm literally in my stream. I have in Zuckerberg. I hope you could listen to this because it's like the short-term gain of all these ad revenue is now equaling long-term pain because you've destroyed your stream with a bunch of ads. It's literally two-thirds ads. It's, it's way over 50% ads. I mean, I see something I know, and then I see an ad. I see something I know, and then I see an ad. And I click on an alligator video, and then I got a thousand alligator videos. I like alligators. You know, I, I see there's really? this Chris guy from that. Gator Boys, and he like wrestles the gators, and he's got a gator farm, and he's awesome. Um, but anyway, so I click on one of those videos. I watch one of those videos there. I'm literally, my whole feed is just alligators now because I haven't clicked on anything else. So it just thinks like I'm an alligator lover because I clicked one alligator video. And the whole damn feed is just alligators now. It's a mess. The product, Facebook, is an absolute mess. I don't go on Instagram. I can't comment to Instagram. I know it's, yeah, you know, a lot of users that. use it. But I will tell you right now, the meta core products are a mess. And they're under attack from TikTok. So you got the dream of the metaverse. You do have some value here. But... What if that ad revenue actually starts going down? Like, let's not talk about growing. Let's talk about it actually going down. Then that PE starts to go up, and this doesn't look as cheap. So I don't know if that's the case or not, but I don't know it's not the case. And that's why still for me, Meta is a no-touch, even though it looks dirt cheap. I can tell you that uh, they definitely have been recommending this one on uh, – we won't, we won't call them out, but uh, it's even been months Steve and Grosso months. Even Steve bought it. Mitch. <laughs> Even Steve Grosso, but Grosso's been on fire. Love you, Steve Grosso. He's been on fire with his market calls, actually. He's, he, you know, he struggled for a little while there, but he watched on Fast Money. He's been bearish this overall market for a while, and he's been right on a lot of stocks. They even he, suckered Grosso. Sorry, Grosso. They even, he said it yesterday. He's like, I bought it before the print because I thought it was all priced in. And now, you know, he's like, I'm like, and I asked, what, what are you thinking now? And he's like, you know, he's shaking his head. He's like, you know, he's bag holding it. They're down 30% a day. One it was day. 129 to 100. You're down 30 percent in a day. The entire thing is just bag holders. So yeah. this is just an absolute mess. It will have a bounce. There is some value, but is it going to bounce? You know, from 95 to 99? I don't know. I, I all I know is I don't want to invest in businesses that are under attack. So I'm going to say it's a no touch for now. Maybe on the watch list, if Zuckerberg can prove me something later on that he's turning it around, that my whole entire bloody stream isn't just advertising, maybe I'll get backed in. But, you know, one more thing, and then I'll let you guys go because I know I'm on like a seven-minute rant on Meta. It's okay. But this policy of it's all priced in is a policy. This market is the dumbest market that has ever existed. So much dumb money. You know, the, the, to, back to the interest rates. They told us in November of last year when the market was all-time highs, they were going to start tightening. We should have just liquidated everything back then, shorted the hell out of the market, and just killed it this year. If you're just Hobium. listening and paying attention to the news, people say, oh, don't watch the news. What do you mean don't watch the news? It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of, too. If you're listening to the Fed, you made a lot of money in 2022. If you're listening to the Fed, you, you're out of stocks because you wouldn't be fighting the Fed right now. So it's the stupidest thing. Oh, don't listen to the Fed. Just look at charts. That's stupid. What There's you one need thing. to do is use everything. Use the technicals, but use the news as well. 
the news flow matters. These tape bombs absolutely matter to Tommy Lackey's point. Great term, tape bombs. This is a mess, this meta. And I'm not touching it until I see some proof that the business, the core businesses are going to start turning around. The, but it's uh, not all it's, priced in. The Nothing straddle, all priced the in straddle in was 15 bucks. And I'm like, wow, that seems, you know, wide. And it's it's doubled with the 30 point down move. Uh, 96, I'm just going to give one number on the downside. And 96.82, let's call it 97. That's going all the way back to February of 2016. Was a monthly low in 96. Six and a half year low. Six and a half year low. Uh, I don't even, I mean, you just got to, I mean, step down sellers. I don't know what happened at 4 a.m. If you woke up at 4 a.m. and and you bought, you must have thought, oh boy, I'm getting a deal here. Had a little pop at 4 a.m. And uh, we'll keep an eye on the pre-market low, but uh, that's that's the, the next month. I keep saying this. I'm like, well, the next monthly low is this, and I'm not sure. I don't know if we're going to get there. And then we get there, 96.82. I mean, you know, they've had problems. You know, Apple's cut into their market, the ad market. It's a it's a disaster. Uh, you're right. There's going to be a rally at some point, but um, as I said, I'll just stick with the 96.82. And uh, we had four warnings. I mean, look what Snap did, and look, you know, pins and you know all these other social media stocks. They're it's, TikToked. Uh, they're TikToked. There's one thing. Pins would be ten bucks lower if it wasn't for Elliot. You know, everybody's holding on for Elliot, and I'm actually, if you're holding on still for Elliot, I'd be nervous now. I think it's been too long up here, hanging out around 21, 22. I'd be nervous to be long Pinterest at this point in time. Things have just changed. This online advertising business, and it's not good for my Google stock. I do own Google. That obviously got hammered yesterday. So don't kid yourself. I'm not just killing it, making money everywhere. I'm not short Facebook. I wasn't short Snapchat, or, or I wasn't short Snap. Or I wasn't short Facebook. I call Facebook still meta. You know, I'm market neutral overall. I wasn't trying to make a call in the earnings and saying it's going to be bad. I try to call it on Twitter because it's kind of fun, but I still, <laughs> you know, and I still thought it was going down, but I'm not sitting here short meta and just killing it. It's not, that's not my job. And, you know, my job is to make market calls for you guys, but my job is still to take advantage of market inefficiencies. And that's what people don't understand. They don't get that. Oh, you're a trader. You just make market calls. Market calls are fun. But it's not my bread and butter. I make my bread and butter by trading market inefficiencies, relationships, you know, what is moving with each other, you know, like Caterpillar Deer. I trade that, you know, there's different, but there's other relationships that are a little more exotic and you just have to figure them out before the other people make money from it. And the, the, dynamic the way you make the your best. most money is when they change. You're right, Joel, because the algos are stupid and behind. They program the easy ones, but those exotic ones, they don't know what they're doing on those. We had just had ECB interest rate decision too, 815. So we rallied up a little bit here. I okay, didn't see what it was. Go, Canada didn't some, raise as much yesterday, though. Let's 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 go to uh let's go to some good news. And you know, we got the bad news out of the way. Let's let's there are some good earnings. We just we gotta talk about this rotation because we like yesterday when I posed that question to you, I I pose it as is this just like a one-day thing, a two-day thing, three-day thing, or are we looking at a trend that's going to last years? We had that tech we were shoved down our throat for all these years, and now 
you know, value stocks are coming back. Let's let's take a look. The cat's on the prowl here. Uh, well over two hundred bucks, Mitch. Why don't we go in? Why don't we go into some good earnings? Where are we going? We're going Caterpillar. Uh, I'm part of the cat. show. I can go. <laughs> you guys remembered me? I, we got to pick, we gotta about pick Mitch up. Mitch is having a rough morning here. All right, Mitch. Let's All go. All right, let's get Come to on, it. Fire uh, here we go. Caterpillar numbers. And uh, this is a stock that, you know, if you're watching stock market movers, you would have been able to have been catching this move. Caterpillar Q3 EPS at $3.95, beating the $3.27 estimate. Sales at $15.0 billion, beating the $14.85 billion estimate. And definitely take a look at DE. It's been leading this area of uh, farming and heavy construction. Seems like Caterpillar is following. Good report. Uh, let's go to the CAD. It's over 200. The 200 was a big, big level. Tried to get it yesterday. I don't have anything here uh, on the uh, on the monthlies because it's just a big old candle. Let's just see Ooh. what happens at uh, the pre-market high at 208. And then, you know, just go your half and whole numbers. Uh, it's a pretty big move for, uh, for the CAD. Uh, Dennis, I mean, it's hard to stand it. You know, we're getting this rotation now. Stock is still well well off its uh its all time high. I mean, it's got the momentum at its back now. Yeah, I was long it into the report. Um, I sold it already. I sold it just here at two oh six and a half or something. Made ten bucks. Um, I didn't take it in size. I had a hedged out with deer to a certain extent, so it wasn't a straight up you know trade, but it was pretty good. Two ten. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, it's breaking out. I mean, this is, you know, a stock that's sitting up here, breaking out through the 200. That's good news. The bad news is I just don't know if we're going to a recession. I got to think eventually equipment's going to get hit. But the foreign GM earnings were fine, which started making me think, well, big equipment maybe still is selling. It's still stuff selling. It's still not a recession out there. So, but, you know, I, I was doing it more from a Paris perspective. It wasn't just, you know, a straight up call. On straight speculative. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't a straight up speculative call. Like what, what I have yesterday, I had one that was a straight up speculative call. I don't remember which one it was um, or two days ago. Anyways, we were talking, but so sometimes I do take stocks through earnings. Um, sometimes I get stuck, you know, sometimes and, and stuck, meaning I, I made an after hours trade thinking I could sneak out of it. And then it's like, it's, it's, you know, not, you know, going you know, or not allowing me to get out where I want to get out. And I'm not going to eat it for like two bucks ahead of the earnings because I think like it's a coin flip and why would I eat it two bucks? Sometimes I go into stocks after hours if they're giving me a good enough lead that I think, okay, well, it's down two bucks. Stock is, you know, probably going to have a $4 move. They're already giving me a two-point lead. I'll jump into that and take the lead. Like BSX yesterday, there was another one. See, I'm I'm trying to do some teaching. People say I don't teach anything, so I'm trying to teach stuff here. BSX, I was able to buy after hours last night or two nights ago for like $40, low 40s. It had closed like 41 and a half. I was like, they give me a buck and a half lead on Boston Scientific. I bet the whole expected move is a buck and a half. And it ended up going up. I sold like 42. So I actually ended up making on that. So there's different opportunities, you know, but, you know, you've got to average. It's all risk reward. So I'm not afraid to go through earnings with something. I wouldn't load up, put my whole account in something like that, but. Anyways, what we were talking, we were taking it back, and I went, you know, all over the place with that one. What stock were you originally talking about, Caterpillar? We were talking about Cat. I do see – I threw the weekly up here, and uh, we had a gap down. Uh, This was back in June, and you had a high at uh, at 209.87, and then you got the gap area there. So uh, if you're holding out for a target on that on the upside, uh, as Mitch mentioned, deer – 
has been leading the way. Uh, and uh, Deer is up. Wow. Broke oh, yeah. out of that consolidation. Trading up eight bucks. Mm. Let's get to 400. We got yeah. a, a weekly gap to fill. That must have been earnings or a mark. That might have been CP. No, this, that was a while ago. Uh, if you want to look for a gap fill in this one and you're looking for a little bit more, 401.61 uh, would be a gap fill in their DE. You know, the value trade is what is driving these stocks because they're lower PE. Deer Caterpillar has lower PEs. The one issue I have is that they've just come so far. It's like I'm not buying stocks up near all-time highs either or are stocks trading like at six-month highs. It's just I just feel like eventually there's a huge rug pull on everything. But what you're really seeing right now, why you know there's so much strength in certain sectors, is you're seeing an unwinding of that of mega cap Big trade. trade. You're seeing an unwinding. Everybody has been loaded with Apples and Microsofts and Googles and Facebooks. We'll call it Facebook forever. Sorry, Zuck. And Amazons are all loaded up in these same bloody stocks. 25% of the S&P. Money managers are all loaded up with these things. These things were all trading with ridiculous valuations, which is why I sold my Microsoft, sold my Amazon. I started, you know, obviously I hedged out my Apple. We talked about that. I still own Q's. Not selling my long-term Q's position because I just don't want to realize a thousand percent gainer. Um, so, and that's another reason, you know, why in the long-term portfolio sometimes you don't, you know, sell stuff because you, you know, do I think the market's going down ninety percent? If I thought the market was going down ninety percent, I would sell those Q's. But I don't think that's the case. So I don't want to realize a thousand percent gainer. But so I, I have indirect exposure, even to Meta. Still, I still have indirect exposure because it's buying the Q's own it. So I shouldn't say I'm not a Meta bag holder indirectly for sure, but just going back, there's an unwinding of this mega cap trade that everybody is in. They've been in it for the last decade. It's what's made their portfolios for the last decade. Well, you know what? When Apple's trained 28 or 29 times earnings and Microsoft's trained 28 or 29 times earnings, it's time to ring the register. This has gone too far. They're too big. What do you think? They're going to keep growing? They're going to be $10 trillion companies? I mean, that's tough to do. So and so so that's a little bit of victim of their size to a certain extent as well. I mean, look at Metaverse, you know, and they're trying to figure it out and trying to go into other areas. And that's what you have to do when you're that big. But the bottom line is there's a lot of money managers all in the same trades. And what are they buying? They're buying the stuff that's underperformed for the last decade. I mean, the banks have really, you know, not done much in the last decade, really. You look at it. 2018 Bank of America was $32. It's 35 today. Five years of no gains. In that same time period, Apple has went from $40 to $140. So there's still, you know, a huge gain there. So, I mean, I just think you have a rebalancing happening here. And this value trade, which has been going on for the last nine months, this isn't something that just started yesterday. It's been going on for nine months just quietly. The value trade might continue. It's good for me and you, Joel, because we got a bunch yeah. of value stocks in our portfolio. But when the PEs of your stocks, they're going 30, 40, 50, it's time to start reallocating to cheaper stuff. That stuff just got too expensive. So banks are cheap. We talked about this yesterday. Drug, drug stocks are cheap. Energy stocks, the reallocation of that has been incredible because they were way too cheap. I missed that trade. But that was, you know, another one too. There's a lot of stocks that are cheap. PEs matter all of a sudden. Fundamentals matter all of a sudden. It's not just about buying Apple or, you know, just hold, you know, and long-term invest in Apple and that's it. The game has changed. The game has changed for us here in 2022. It's not just buy and eventually your stock comes back. Some of these stocks will never come back. 
So value investing right now is back in favor. And that might last a while. The uh, You have to be nervous going in if you're holding Apple or Amazon into these reports. I mean, there's just, you know, the, the trend in these things uh, in the mega cap tech. I mean, just every day I just, like, I, I just can't take my I mind. Mean, I'm looking at the, you know, the top components here and it's just like, all right, there's just such a, it's going to be so interesting over, you know, the next couple of days and the next couple of weeks to see how these, uh, you know, how things just start to change, you know? I mean, you know what also, uh, uh, which is really caught a wicked bed. You, you want to talk about underperformers of underperformers. Okay. Are you ready? And it's a tech yeah. stock. You know yeah. what it is? Yeah. The IBM. Look there you I, go. Look at IBM. I mean, their value trade is back in IBM. Look at this. This value trade is for real right now. You know, and maybe it's going to fa phase out. And we always, you know, it seems to be the case. You know, eventually value, you know, starts to lose its luster and everybody jumps back to make up. Feels like it's different. But maybe it's different this time. It's been going on for a long time. Did you know? And people, fun question. We talk about the tech bubble burst all the time back in 2000 and 2001. We just relived it. So the tech bubble has burst again. You know, a lot of stocks are down yep. 80, 90%. We just relived it. We, we, we predicted, you know, I had to you go know, back to my Twitter timeline. We were saying that this was very possible that we were experiencing in 2021, the next tech bubble that, you know, the history doesn't repeat itself, but sometimes rhymes it completely repeated itself. You know, we, everybody got suckered in. P's, 50, 60, 70, 80. Oh, who cares? Sales. Let's buy something 20 times sales. It was the same thing back in 1999, 2000. But you know what happened after that? We talk about all those stocks were down 90%. Do you want to know what outperformed from 2002 till the financial crisis in 2008? Do you know Value. what outperformed in those years? Value. Value stocks, non-tech for seven years outperformed. If we repeat, we just repeated the entire tech bubble burst. This value trade could last for years, folks. Years. We're giving you some good information here, and I think it's going to happen. I think the rising interest rate environment has turned people off of P's of 30, but P of 7 or 8 or 9 or 10, little dividend still. Well, I can make money if the rates are 5% if that's the case. This is a value trade. This move to drug stocks. This might be for real. I'd buy all value stocks on pullbacks, not on yeah, rallies. Yeah, IBM I, just ride from 115 to 135. Don't chase. But it comes back down to 125. Maybe it's a buy. Gilead, the value stock of all value stocks. Look at the chart. We said it yesterday, 69. It's 71. There's some opportunities here. It's about longer-term cyclical rotation here right now, away from nosebleed valuations into the lower stuff. It's going to come. It's going to bounce around. And you're going to have different opportunities. But I think on, on pullbacks, value stocks are buys. All right. Let's, uh, Mitch, you want to keep, uh, keep the earning? Oh, what about Mickey D's here? I mean, Mickey holy D's. mackerel. The old drive through indicator. Once again, man, backlines in Mickey D's. Q3 EPS coming in here at $2.68, beating the $2.60 estimate. Sales at $5.87 billion, beating the $5.72 billion estimate. Global comparable sales were up 9.5% for the restaurant uh, versus 5.8% consensus. Uh, looks like segments showing positive growth during the quarter. <laughs> Big pop on this one. You might have said you might have a two sixty five sixty nine. We've uh, we've leaked four bucks off that. 
Uh, nice high right here at 265.79. Mm, I don't know. You could have could have missed your chance to sell Mickey D's higher, but uh, uh, nice move, nice report up on a lot of volume. What what's uh what's uh, the the PE on uh, on Mickey D's? I mean, I I'm know guessing it's 17, 18. Mitch, okay. you got that? Yeah. Got you. I'm guessing 17, 18. It might be over 20 because it's had a pretty good move now. It might be yeah. over 20 again. Yeah, it's over 20, right? 24, I have. Oh, Ooh. it's it's high, but the one thing to consider is this is a staple. I'm not justifying it. I'm probably not buying it. If it was down in the teens, I'd buy it. But the one thing is they do have pricing power. To David's point in chat, it's a fantastic point. They have pricing power. Those drive-throughs are lined up in there just passing it right along. And two, when I was in Montreal, I went you know, to the breakfast expectation, the $80 breakfast. And then the next day, I went across the road to McDonald's and ate breakfast. <laughs> With me and my wife for $19. So, I mean, when you're in a recession and people start getting tight for cash, McDonald's is cheap still. It's still relatively cheap. Maybe you're eating that breakfast for $14 or $15 last year, but now you're eating it for $18.19. Doesn't feel like that's GDP coming up, Trip. Doesn't feel GDP, as bad. GDP oh my gosh. coming up. Trying to get out. Holy, too many rants. Okay. GDP. GDP. No orders out there. Do not. Algos okay. aren't picking right. me off today. No, 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 no. Today. The algos are mad at you. They're listening and they're, you, you, you insulting them. They're coming after you today. But uh, GDP print. So this is, uh, you know, we, we're talking recession, non-recession. It looks like it's coming out. And did it already come out? No, nope, we're coming up on it. Maybe 15 seconds. Uh, the algo, Joe, they're. They're liking it. They're liking it. We'll see what the actual number is. And, 2.6 uh, versus 2.4 expected. There you go. Look at that. Who cares about tech, man? This market is just, I mean, if it can't go down on days like this, uh, you know, with something with Facebook, look at that. Bringing We're that rallying. Back up, Joel. Yep. It's the value trade. There you That's go. Pre-market highs, 38.68. And uh, we got a nice rally here. Uh, but what does this show? This shows that the economy is still strong. Guess what? They're hiking rates. They're getting lost in the sauce. They got the yeah, whole but it's so out strong. There. They just can't kill it, bitch. No matter what they do, it's just just so resilient. Those are money managers just gonna get caught and torn apart here. They're Mitch. trying to bet for the end of Mitch. the year. I, I, I'm kind of with Mitch here. They're going to get torn apart. They're going to get I'm torn apart. I'm kind of with apart. Mitch to a certain extent. You know rates are still low, historically? Yeah, they are. They're about they're to not be. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're right. They're about to not be. <laughs> no, no. Come on. We're, we're like 4%. That's nothing. That's nothing. 20%. I mean, rates are still historically low. You want to know I mean, the defense. difference, though, Joel? You want to know the difference? The rate of the increases. And the, not the only pace, that, is that we have so much more debt. Because if you look back when interest rates in the 80s and people say, well, we were able to handle 20% interest rates back in the early 1980s. Why can't we handle 10% today? That's just foolish thinking as well. You want to know why? Because back in the 1980s, you had to have 25% down to buy a house. And your houses... You know, you, you were buying, you know, $50,000 houses, $30,000 houses, not $500,000 houses. People have been built on free money and cheap money. And that is unwinding as well. And that is why we have so much struggle to get a sustained bid. So overall, 
I still have to keep a lot of cash because I believe Mitch will be correct. And I believe it's going to still be a struggle for stocks to have a substantial rally, even though the economy is not getting hit here yet. Eventually, there will be a tipping point where people will just have not enough money to spend and you'll start to see expenditures go down. Eventually, that tipping point will happen. I don't know when that happens, but eventually it probably has to happen if the Fed continues to raise rates. If they throw in the towel, like the UK or Australia, I think, is trying to throw in the towel. Canada only raised 50 basis points last week. They throw in the towel. Then we get the nice thing, you know, of, you know, okay, well, inflation's here forever. So it kind of sucks both ways. I think we just need to look at this market. You know, there is pockets of where it's probably safe to be. I think value stocks are a safer place to be than growthy tech stocks. Um, But I still think to Mitch's point, which is a fantastic point, is you're still fighting the Fed if you're buying stocks here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What about, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, was very concerning about the economy, you know, um, you know, the U.S. was was our debt. But what about, you know, what's our debt situation now with like the stronger dollar and oh rising my gosh. interest, right? Not good. The stronger dollar has helped decrease our debt. Yeah, but I'm just saying overall with the rates, too. Yeah. Like, what is the debt situation when all of a sudden you're at like 5% interest rates? I mean, there was nothing before. And obviously, you know, the Fed's getting good rates. Like, we know it's going to be way below prime. But, I mean, same time, that's servicing that debt has just gotten a lot more expensive, too. How long can they keep rates up? And maybe it's the economy. Maybe it's the stocks just calling the markets the Fed's bluff that eventually they have to throw in the towel. 
because there's just too much debt, not just from the U.S. government, but from every U.S. citizen. There's a lot of things to think about here. There's a lot of balls to juggle. That's why it's such a difficult market to call. That's why, you know, I'm not putting on any swing trades. I don't have hardly any swings on right yeah, now. Yeah, tough. All day trades and buying a little bit in the long-term investment account. I bought one more stock in the long-term investment account yesterday. Um, and it was a stock that I'd sold higher. It was Bank of Nova Scotia in Canada. Buying a bank because all the banks have rallied substantially. Bank of Nova Scotia, BNS I'm talking about, has not yep. rallied. It's got a 6.3% dividend. Nice. And I'm looking at saying rising interest rates actually doesn't hurt the banks. So I think there's a catch-up trade here. I was looking at other ones like TD has come up quite a bit. I'm looking at the Canadian ones. RY's come up. Maybe this, you know, BNS is just, you know, I've got, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know what they buck, but maybe it's got some tougher buck or something like that. But I've played this before. I've sold this stock a lot higher. It's come back in. I'm getting exposure. But notice I'm not buying like Microsoft. I'm not buying like Apple. I'm buying like value. Bank of Nova Scotia, I think it's got a P of like eight. Lower value, you know, dividend 6.3%, which is, you know, isn't as nice as it used to be, but it's not bad. So you can see the kind of stocks that I'm still picking on. It's value stocks. I'm surprised these Canadian banks are not higher with the uh, rapid appreciation in crude oil prices. You th- you'd think, actually, that's a good point too, Joel, because these banks have a lot of exposure, and especially Bank of Nova Scotia because they're out west. They have a lot of exposure to energy companies. Energy companies are doing fine. Like we talked about a couple of years ago when energy was really in the gutter. The exposure to the Bank of Nova Scotia had to some of these smaller energy companies could have some bad loans in the books. That's not a fear right now. I don't think bad loans are a fear anywhere right now. Maybe it's going to be a fear if we go into a deep recession, but that's not here yet. I kind of like the banks. But I thought we were in a recession. I, I thought we were too with the two GDP things, but right now it's telling me Joel goes to Florida and sees the economy, you know, sees everybody just bustling. I go to Montreal and see busy everywhere. People still have money right now. I talked to my real estate agent. He's like, they're still buying houses. He's like, I don't know where the money's coming from. People are still buying houses. They've come down a bit, but he's like, interest rates went from, you know, up, you know, you, had, I, you could get a mortgage in Canada for one I, for 1.62% two years ago wow and now and now you're talking five and a half percent i think you'd be able to own a hell of a lot less house but it hasn't really hit it yet it's hit it a little bit housing prices are definitely down but it hasn't hit hard yet so i don't know when it's gonna hit but if the fed keeps raising rates eventually it hits one thing that helps of course the bulls is that initial jobless claims came in at two hundred and seventeen thousand, rising from the two hundred and fourteen thousand prior so at least 3,000 in the right direction, but that's a small number overall. Lots to think about. Um, do we have a guest or Mark? No, no, uh, no, no, Mark, Mark had to, uh, Mark had to uh, bail on us today. So unfortunately but... you got to listen to more rant. I know that's that, right. that makes about 75% of the, of the chat happy and 25% absolutely hate me. So, <laughs> no, I so I was like, you talking. So maybe I should just go on mute for 20 minutes. And nah, guys talk. Let's go. Let's go <laughs> to satisfy more value. The, we try to let's... please everyone. So we'll mute me for 15 minutes. And that'll please the 20. What do you want to take a look at, Joel? I want to go to more value, Comcast. I do too. Yeah. Again, good call. Mitch? Comcast. Let's take a look at the Comcast numbers. Comcast. All right. I got you right now. 
That's I actually avoided this one today. Comcast. I haven't I haven't looked at Comcast in a while. I kind of miss this one. I got it right now. Just give me two seconds though. Okay. Yeah, I'll just give you the price action. This is a really yeah. big move for uh for Comcast up two bucks. You're not I can't remember the last time this thing's been up two bucks. I see it snuck over 34. I'm kind of surprised it got that far into the 34 handle. Uh, because I man, that's just a big area. You had two highs right at 34 before the last breakdown. And then you had a quad of highs. Uh, those are higher, 3470, uh, with all these highs right in this area. But man, that's an awful big move for Comcast. I know they had pretty much good numbers across the board, right? Definitely. Let's get to where those number EPS 96 cents beating the 90 cent estimate sales at 29.85 billion beating the 29.71 billion estimate. And it did declare a dividend. One thing to consider is core businesses are under attack here. So that's still a consideration, but this stock has been cut in half. Unbelievable. And, And this is a low beta stock. It's been cut in half in a year. This is the biggest move probably Comcast has ever had, you know, or one of the biggest moves. To be cut in half in a year on a low beta dividend type stock. I mean, we just gave back, it went from all-time highs and just gave back five years of gains in one year. So I just got done saying it's not all priced in, but there's definitely a lot of stuff priced in in Comcast. You know, they're priced for disaster. $30 was major support back in 2017. It's bouncing in that same area here again. So that's good news. Bad news is core business is still under attack, so I'm not touching it. Okay. All right. Leaking, uh, that's going down. It's way off that pre-market high now. It's just funny. right back in. You know what's funny, right? Uh, if you go to uh, – well, I won't put them out there. I won't name them at least, but you'll see uh, Dow's future jumping 300 points on better-than-expected GDP. Watch how yeah, that probably change faded. in the next it, 10 it, minutes. And it's you – know, you know what I have been noticing now? Uh, our, our ranges have been coming in. Which is which is good. That's a good I thing. Mean, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and that's. Yeah. I mean, sideways. Why action. we went from ninety-seven? Like great call yesterday, Dennis. And I was, and I, you know, about the market going green. Yeah, it went green by like twenty-five handles. Yeah, and then yeah. I, didn't I stepped. Expect it. I stepped away for an hour, and I come back, and I'm like. And I'm like, wow, am I am I looking at the same market? So man, that there was a big push yesterday. Um, we're winding up here. I mean, maybe we get a maybe get an inside day today. I don't know. Yesterday's low was 24 and a quarter. I'll tell you, if we can hold yesterday's low, I'm not talking about the Globex low and close, you know, right in this area. It should be an interesting uh Friday. Uh it's not the last day of the month. The last day of the month is gonna be uh Halloween. Right on the thirty first, Dennis. What do you did? You kids uh, pick up some costumes? Are they going to be feeling okay? Go do some trick or treating. Well, I saw that costume that I tweeted out yesterday, and uh, did you see the costume that I tweeted out? You should show my tweets, Mitch. Actually, it'd be good for a laugh. I got you. They, I'll pull it up. Somebody, somebody posted this up there, and I want to talk about the not the day trader one, but the Nancy Pelosi one. So it was a costume. I shouldn't ruin it. So just bring it up here. Mitch is going to bring it up. So I think my kids should go as this. They could go as a day trader, but they could also go as the Nancy Pelosi costume. Let me, let's bring it up here. Mitch All is right, Let's it. see it. Uh, I, I brought it. He's still looking. He's still looking. I, oh, I, I, I think it's this one. Up on this. Yeah, I got you right here. I can yeah. see I think it's smiling. This. Yeah. Is it this? 
the Nancy Pelosi. Well, that one's good too. So oh, then go the scroll trader, further down. That one's kind of funny too. The day trader <laughs> with the costumes. But go further down, Andre the Giant. Look at my Twitter feed. Look at this oh, one. Oh, there this you one. go. The Pelosi. Click that thing. And guess what? You're probably uh, <laughs> investing in Nvidia. I don't know right? who did that. That is awesome. <laughs> Buying stocks. This is what I'm going to wear to the New York Stock Exchange next time, guys. Don't worry about it. Seriously, seriously. Um, I think my kids, I don't know how my daughter go as Nancy Pelosi. She's going as a stock trader. Yeah, she has the ability Possible to pass insider information. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't come with a $180 million net worth, though. <laughs> Not included. Not included. Batteries sold separately. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Whoever did that, genius. That is awesome. Genius, so I think that's going to be the costume for my girl. Did she got a Michigan shirt on there? Yeah, for you, Joel. Look, Boy, that's from the rich right here. Uh, just, Joel loves me today. He loves just me a, today. Just a Represent. quick programming note. Um, and uh, uh, what I'm hoping to do tomorrow, uh, getting out of getting out of the house and uh, going up to Ann Arbor, Michigan. And uh, they have a trading floor there at the Tazi, uh, the Tazi trading floor at the Ross Business School. I've been in contact uh, with uh, some of the professors over there. And if I could get all the connectivity, I'm going to go up there today. Um, I'm going to try and do I'm going to be on a trading floor, Dennis. I don't know if people You're are going to be trade? yelling. This today? Uh, well, I'm going to go up. I'm, I'm going to try to do at the close show from there today. Oh, you're going to do live broadcast. Yeah, from, I'm going to do the live broadcast. Uh, nice. If we can get through all the firewalls there, I'm a little bit nervous. But Mitch and uh, Aaron have uh, have uh, shown me. But uh, we're going to make that into a real trading floor. We're going to get the, the, the pencils out and the trade. I'm going to throw trading cards like I used to do from the side of the pit. So, uh, yeah, little little different. Uh, so we're going to hopefully going to do at the close from there tomorrow and then i gotta get up super early tomorrow and uh head up so uh gonna be in ann arbor michigan and that's uh one day big game uh michigan and michigan state on saturday but i know you guys don't want to talk sports but what about chip stocks dennis what you mentioned amd and nvidia i mean are these things i mean we're talking about the tech wreck they've had their wreck too is there yeah. is there some value here uh yeah AMD? i think there is I think nah. there is. I bought some AMD in the long-term portfolio. Um, you know, I, I actually got out. I should have sold it all. I kept one little piece. I kept one fifth of the 20% of the position. I sold 80% of the position at 100 bucks. I wish I would have sold it all. I rebought some of it. I'm not a full-size position here yet, but I rebought some of it at 56. They're just last nice. week. It's been hanging around here. I feel like these have been beat up enough. They're not cheap yet, but chips are still not going away. You're going to need chips. So I think... You know, and I might be wrong. Obviously, I'm a contrarian investor a lot of times. So, you know, you'll see charts and be like, why is he buying that? I've always been a momentum trader, but I'm kind of a contrarian investor. You know, I buy when everybody hates it. Meta, not the thing, because core business is under attack. I don't think AMD's core businesses are under attack. So I don't think NVIDIA's core businesses are under attack. And they're really oversold. I mean, AMD just got cut in half in two months. So is this a shot? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm nibbling in. I'm nibbling in. The chips are strong today. And I don't know the news here. Um, they were strong right after the bell. It's probably rotation almost within the index, but there has to be some news. NVIDIA's up six bucks. AMD's trading up two bucks. I bought Marvell too. I think I said that the other day. I bought Marvell around 38, wow. I think it was. So I'm starting to just nibble into some chip exposure. I'm back. Basically, what I'm doing in my long term portfolio is rebuying all the stocks I sold. So I'm trying to get back in. Um, you know, I'm back in to the Bank of Nova Scotia, which I sold a lot higher, back into the AMD, which I sold a lot higher, 
back into Marvel, <laughs> which I sold a lot higher. I'm scalping myself back into some of these. Yeah, trades, that's that's just really in interesting trade. So, right. so I'm actually, you know, I'm getting some exposure here. But again, you know, I've been buying stocks that the valuations aren't crazy now. Chips on dips. I like that, Lynn. Chips on dips. I I don't know, man. I I'm still worried about You're what's going on in China. Yeah, <laughs> I'm scared of the I'm scared of the sun right now. I'm not going all in. I'll tell you that much, Mitch. Not all in here. This is not the all in market. But the one thing is, um, you know, you I've got to respect the tape, and the, the tape, tape has been the 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 tape bombs have been pretty damn bad, and the S and P's are holding up. So that makes me scared to just stay like 100 percent cash. It makes me scared to stay 55 percent cash. I'm down like. 32% cash. So I'm really? lower, lower than I was. And, you know, obviously in your long-term investing account, you know, probably you want to be about 10 to 12% cash longer term. So it needs to come in more yet, but I'm starting to buy some exposure. You know, I'm starting to buy some stocks, but the stuff I'm picking on is, you know, lower PE and we can fall farther, you know, and take two is another one too. I'm just reading the chat. Chat's great today, by the way. Take two has- Are they behaving? Up. I haven't been watching. They've held up much. actually. I mean, I sold it. And then, you know, it got sold off, but I didn't re-get it. I wish I would have re-got it at the lower September. I did buy EA. I'm up in that one. Um, I bought that. But take two, I'd like to get back as well. Again, it's not cheap, though. These aren't stocks you have to hurry into. Like, Bank of Nova Scotia is just cheap. I mean, and the core business, I don't believe, is under attack. So that's a different type of investment. But I don't know. I think, you know, some of these chips, maybe they've come down enough where it's time to start nibbling. Not all in, but it's time to take some nibbles. What about, uh, I mean, and this has been part of the tech rec too, but, uh, you know, what about, we get some questions here about Shopify. Oh, gosh. All right. Mm. I can't touch it because it's yeah. the multiple is just insane. Too high still? The only one I did buy was Unity, and I'm kind of like, I don't even know if I want it. It's kind of basically where I bought it. I bought the 29 handle. I had a pretty good morning. It was like, oh, it's going, but then it's like, I don't know why I've had a love. I think it's from Michael Pactor, and I like Michael Pactor so much. And he was on our show, and it was a hell of a lot higher when he liked Unity. And I'm like, well, it's way lower than that. I'm like, is this, you know, eventually a takeout candidate for one of the bigger guns? I don't know. It doesn't make money, though. It's the only thing I got that's kind of like that I just recently bought that I'm like, eh, I don't have a great feeling about this. Like stocks that I've bought in the last week and a half in the long term account, there's quite a few of them. I bought Marvell. I've had that before. I've got a good feel for what that is. AMD, I've bought that before. I got a good feel. Bank of Nova Scotia is a value trade. OGN, I bought, which is a drug stock. It was an old spinoff, I believe, of Merck. Um, it's it's a value trade all the way. Um, it's P. OGN. It's probably like six. The P on OGN is just dirt cheap. It's a drug stock that I think has just been forgotten. So Kramer picked too. Kramer likes this one too. So let's go Merck. Let's Kramer. go Merck. You want to talk Merck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk shop. All right, shop. Merc. Okay. The shop reason I can't buy shop is it's just it's no still too high. Lead value. All right. EPS yeah. came in here at a loss of two cents, beating the loss of ten cent estimate. Sales of one point four billion, missing the one point eight three billion estimate. Gosh. And that's on Shopify. I can't right. do it. You can't do it. I, I'd love can't to be able it. to buy Shopify. I think the company is is very well run. I think the company is one of is still going to be a huge player. I just think the valuation. I'm like, I just cannot do it. I mean, I don't know what this was ever doing trading 176 dollars. This thing came down like 10 bucks, maybe. I've said it before, even when it was coming down before the pro split. If it ever came down to 500, we're just in a different market now, though. You just cannot pay. 
you know, and I don't even know, do they even make money? Are they making money Shopify? They're not even making money, are they? The, well, they lost on the EPS. Uh, yeah, they're not even making money. When stocks aren't making money, it's so tough. Oh, I love the company. I hate the valuation. So I just got to stay away from it. I think you got to wait till you see the story change, right? The environment I think change. so. Then you yeah. can go for it. But I think so. I think it's a good call, Mitch. Pandemic All right. stock, right? All right. Let's yeah, go to Merck. Merck. Triple digits. Triple digits for the oh, Merck Steve. EPS here at $1.85, beating the $1.75 estimate. Wow. Sales at $14.96 billion, beating the $14.07 billion estimate. Merck posted Q3 beat as Kertruda offset sales impacting on the COVID-19 pill. The Whatever happened to that COVID-19 cheap. pill? I don't I hear don't about it no it's more. That good. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it was that good, to be honest, but... COVID's over. We don't worry about COVID now. It's I mean it's there. It's here forever. It's not over. It's just everywhere. It's the flu now, and you can't stop it. So I've given up trying to like avoid people. Somebody's got COVID. I was like, oh well, I had it six weeks ago. Kind of sucked. I had a really rough. How are you feeling? Are you you hundred percent? Yeah, I think yet? I'm back. I think I'm fine. Yeah. I so it was you. rough. I had a rough week. You know, it was. Not I remember. I remember it was not that. Fun. No, it was not fun. But, uh, someone's asking if I'm not selling my Merc. I just it's in the the long term. Uh, never. What's sell. the P on that thing? <laughs> Al's asking, what is it? Eight, nine, ten? Really? Maybe wow. it's twelve. It's low. It's run a bit, so it's probably higher than it was. I bet it's under fifteen for sure. I got a forward look thirteen uh, PE at fifteen. Thirteen. It was 15, like ten. 13, I don't know what it was so. down there. Ten, twelve, thirteen. Stocks. These are just cheap. Cheap stocks are winning, and you know people. And people, you know, are, are, were saying to me earlier when I was saying this value stocks, and they were saying last week what you were saying. You know, why would you buy these stocks with these two point seven five percent dividends in a you know in a cash when you get four and a half or five percent? Well, that's why I wouldn't buy utilities because they're trading twenty twenty five times earnings. I wouldn't buy these staples trading twenty twenty five times earnings. Would I buy Gilead at six or seven times earnings? That's a different story. All of a sudden, yeah, it's a, it's a four point one one percent dividend, but. These drugs, these drug companies still have, you know, potential for other drugs. I mean, look at Lilly, you know, look at Biogen. I mean, what's the P on Biogen? And you got potential for this Alzheimer's drug here. And that stock's looking like it's going to break out again. I'm long Biogen. I'm long, I'm not long Gilead. I'm long Merck. Oh, look um, at that. Right back. I'm long a lot talk- of drugs. I'm long Pfizer. Yep. I, I don't know. Pfizer, Merck. Yep. What's the P on Biogen now, Mitch? It's come way up 200. And I don't like chasing stocks and I'm, I'm already in this. So I'm not buying more, but... I mean, it looks like it's trying to break out here again. I think it held that gap. Cheap. Where, where is the P on Biogen? 18. 18. But you got this Alzheimer's drug. It looks like it's going to get approved. I mean, this is going to be a huge moneymaker for them. And Lily is pricing like theirs is going to get approved too, obviously. And that thing just keeps blasting off to new all-time highs. Crystal Myers reported earnings there a couple days ago. It's time to come back. The drugs are on fire. This market's on drugs still. Uh, Goldman Sachs had upgraded that Biogen with a 370 price target. Morgan Stanley upgraded them also and raised their price target to 325. So they're in the 300s. They feel, of course, if that gets approved, it can still run here. Uh, it's Plan BNL has asked me this question a couple of times. I'm just going to read it from the chat. I want to address it um, about the value trade. One week ago, he said, why would I own a value dividend stock with a 3% dividend yield when you can own treasury bills for 4 to 5%? There is a thought process there. But the difference is, is they just want to buy stocks right now. I, I, I want to separate it, though. I don't want to own 
value stocks, I don't, I, I, we need to take a, I, I don't want to own a utility stock that's got a P of 25 because it's not a value stock. I don't want to own. So if I said value stock before, maybe because I'm just grouping it in, but I think we got to separate that. You know, when you're doing a live radio show, sometimes you blurt something out that you're not saying exactly clear. I don't want to own utilities at 20 times earnings, plus some 25, some 28. I don't want to consumer staples at 25 times earnings here because those earnings are worth less. I'm willing to own stocks that are trading at P's of 7 and 8 and 10 and 12 in a rising interest rate environment because there's it's value, there's more value there. Those staples and utilities are not value stocks. They're dividend plays, pure dividend plays, and those dividends aren't worth as much. So I think we need to separate it out and look at PEs. If I could wear a shirt that wasn't Michigan, I would buy a shirt that said PEs are cool again, and they are. So look at what it is. I mean, this has been the market of 2022. PE does matter. Lower PE stocks have held up very well. Higher PE stocks have been murdered. I think the trade could continue because I went through 2003 and 2004 and 2005 and 2006 and 2007 and up till 2008 when everything fell apart because of the financial crisis. But for five years in there, after the tech bubble burst, it was value and low PE stocks that outperformed. And I think that happens again. Okay. Well, I got a question for you then. If you're looking for those low PEs, what do you think about Ford? Let's talk about it. That's tough. And yeah, give us the numbers. It's great. Exactly. Great Go, Mitch. So EPS coming in here at 30 cents, missing the 32 cent estimate. Automotive sales at 37.19 billion, beating the 36.0 billion estimate. Total sales at 39.4 billion. What do you think about Ford? Just not recession proof at all, though. Like drugs are recession proof. So meaning you're still going to get your drugs, even if you're in a recession. You're going to find the money to buy your drugs when you're in a recession. Ford, GM, or a higher ticket price, or, 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 you know, automotives, you know, you're buying a car. I mean, I just, I've been saying for a while, I think eventually the recession hits these stocks. So there's, you know, you've got to analyze each company on an individual basis, but don't kid yourself. Ford and GM stocks are rallying right now because they are lower PEs. That is what is carrying them higher here right now. So there is that trade pushing this higher right now. The reason I don't want to chase these ones is that I feel like they eventually get hit because I don't think people are going to be buying as many cars six months from now because I think they're going to have less money. Twelve fifty. Uh, it kind of had matching ranges yesterday in Ford. There's a the big seller at uh, thirteen, so that's your roadblock. A uh, nice round number like that. They let it get up a little bit above thirteen yesterday, and they slammed it. Thirteen oh three, thirteen oh six, still thirteen seller to me. And then on the downside, you got matching lows here at twelve fifty. So I think if the if the bulls uh, can defend that, maybe run run back up. Um, after that, you follow the 1218. This is the quarter that they warned about, too, right? And I think the part of the loss was uh, they took a write down. I think they closed uh, they closed out their self-driving unit uh, division. Mitch, do you see that anywhere? Um, look it up in the right news, now. I think that that was uh, part reason for for part of the loss was uh, yeah, they, they were, it looks they like they wrote off the Al Argo AI investment. So uh looks like there was an investment that they did right off there. Um, looking into it a little bit more now. He's giving it looks you a like good segue here, Matt. A 2.7 billion hit on the write-off. He's giving you a good segue here, Matt. 
Talking about uh, Thomas driving. It. Yeah, of course. Mobileye. Why don't oh, we talk man. about it? Let's get to it. Um, shares of Intel's Mobileye shot up 38% following the market debut Wednesday. Of course, the self-driving technology unit pricing its initial public offering slightly above its previously stated range at a garnered a market valuation of nearly $17 billion. Nice move yesterday, Joel. Didn't you like seeing your Mobileye shares in your account just yeah. like that yeah. from your Intel spinoff? Didn't that just make you feel awesome? And the How did they I'm get away that, with that? The reason I'm saying this is Intel spins off Mobileye. I bought Intel stock a lot, a little bit of the reason. And you know, I just bought it at $33, so I'm bag holding this thing. Um, a little bit of the reason, you know, not, it was lower P, but that they have the Mobileye. Then they spin the thing off and don't give me anything. I don't get any shares. I don't get a special dividend. I don't get anything. What the hell? I mean, so what they're saying, because I had to research this, I'm like, how in the hell do you spin a stock off and not give the shareholders anything? It's like, well, you still own your mobilized shares through Intel. They only sold this, you know, a little piece of it. So Intel still owns a majority of this company. So you indirectly still own Mobileye. That sucks. I don't want to see Mobileye go up 28% yesterday and Intel goes up nothing. Intel went up nothing yesterday. Mobileye goes up 20%, you know, from where it was. I don't get any shares. This company just sucks. Like, what are you doing? You've got this Mobileye asset and you don't even give your shareholders anything. And then you tell them, oh, yeah, but you still own it indirectly, you know, because Intel still owns all those shares. So you're still participating. I think that's bogus. If I get a, if you spend something off, I want the bloody shares. Give the shares to us. So this is just ridiculous. So I think it sets up for a class action lawsuit, to be honest with you. So I, I'm pissed right off on this. That, Are you, you holding yeah, back, you, Dennis? You have Intel shares. Joel, you should be pissed off. I know. I know. Believe class me. Class action I know. lawsuit. I know. Lawyers out there, listen to this one. You know, class action lawsuit. <laughs> Mobilize shares. And they're going to say, well, you still indirectly own it. You still have the shares. You yeah, still indirectly why didn't, own it. I want to directly tell- own it. It's trading on the exchange. I want to be able to trade my shares. So you're handcuffing me. So, meaning I can't do anything unless I sell my Intel stock and then I don't own it anymore. But Mobileye goes up that much yesterday and Intel goes up nothing. This sucks. That is just brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal that they spend something off and don't give it to the shareholders. Uh, Someone was asking about it. Uh, Really not much technicals to give. Only one day of trading uh, opened above the... uh, uh, well above the uh, projected range. I would just, you know, now that it's down a little bit, I just, you know, you got your old time high, your old time low, your old, but that closing price, keep an eye on that today. You are trading in the red a little bit, uh, 28.97. So just, you know, track the close over the next couple days. You can't really say if their size traded pretty good, uh, pretty good volume yesterday. Uh, but see what see what happens. See if you can, you know, if you can't get back up to that that closing price of twenty eight ninety seven, you might give uh, a little bit of that move back. So really, that's the only thing that I'm keeping a close eye on. That uh, nine o'clock hour here, so I'm going to bolt in just a second. I mean, there's a bid here in the S and P's, Dennis. I mean, you have it, to respect it. it. Yeah. There's One a thing I want to say: buying value stocks on pullbacks here. I've got to get exposure because I have to respect the tape. The tape is getting tape bombs and not going down. So I have to respect that. Maybe it pulls the rug and maybe it all goes down in a blaze of glory here once again. But those value stocks are going to go down less than those growth stocks, if that happens, in my opinion. So I'm positioning myself. 
more value. I was already value. I'm even getting more value. And maybe I'm getting too much on the value train and it's all going to fly back into Apple and Microsoft and Meta. I'm going to miss oh, the boat. Apple tonight. I tell you, yeah. just the way the big tech is, uh, the way big tech's been performing, you got to you gotta be nervous about that report uh, for uh, for Apple. Uh, and Amazon, too. Yep. Yep. But uh, Mitch, Huge I'll let you guys uh, finish up here. Great show, Triple D. I enjoyed the rants. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later on. All right, getting Joel out of here. Now, one thing I will say about Mobileye is uh, I haven't seen any IPOs lately do really well. So uh, that one did pretty I'll good. I would have liked to have participated. I mean, directly. day one, day one, a lot of them did well, right? You can look at Coin, you can look at Hood. They did well for like the first week, and then it was just a tank down. So I think the valuation is a little bit excessive there, seventeen billion, um, but. Hey, to each his own. I would be. I would like to one. have been able to sell it without you know having this indirect ownership. I want direct ownership. Yeah, right. It's Get it off a company, and it's trading publicly. I want, and you owned it. I want to be able to participate directly on that. I don't like this indirect ownership stuff. So that's why I'm ticked off. I realize that some people are saying, "Oh, you still own it." I said that clearly in the rant three minutes ago that I know I own it indirectly. I want to own it directly. Spinning it off. I see the shares trading directly in my on on my trading screen, and Intel owned it all. I want to own those shares directly. I don't want to own them indirectly. This spinoff sucks. Well, there's one thing I can definitely say for the chat is that if you thought Triple D holds back, I don't know what show you're watching because my ah. man tries to tell it how it is. I appreciate you, Triple D. Like always, you go yeah, ahead thanks, and guys. get towards your Lots trading. Of rants. Go kill it, man. Do what you do best. See you, money match. All right. There's Dennis out of here. And I will get you guys over to uh, live trading action. And I will let you guys know we're going to be doing kind of a continuous stream here from live trading into Benzinga Live and then stock market movers. So stay tuned. Come join us. We'll just be starting this right up right now about 9.05. we got about two minutes till we get to there. Markets are bouncing. We're going to do a little live trading action and then see what happens today. I mean, a lot going on. Markets are still holding right now. We'll see if we can actually get green on this GDP number. And definitely hit the thumbs up on your way out. This is pre-market prep, and I'll see you in a little bit right there on live trading. Come over to Benzinga TV. Stick in right here on Benzinga and hit the subscribe button while you're at it. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.